Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the EFT Healing Center Online Radio Network. Tap into your fullest potential. Starring the founder of the EFT Healing Center, Annabelle Fisher. I'm your co-host, Scott Patton. Hey, Annabelle, how you doing? Hello, Scott. It sounded like you forgot what radio show or <laughs> uh, podcast you were presenting then. <laughs> I've, I have this thing that the very first time that we did our show together, I said tapping into your highest potential instead of tap into your fullest potential. So now when I come to that part, if I don't have it up on my screen, I've got to bring it up because I have to be 100% sure I get it right. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's an interesting thing that's been happening with me the last um, few years, uh, three or four years actually. Uh, my parents have uh, hit their 80s, and after 80-odd years of very, very good health, traveling around the world, they've been to Africa and to Europe, and I think uh, the Galapagos Islands and all that sort of stuff, very, very active. Um, my father came down with leukemia, and so his red blood corpuscles were too high, then they were too low, the white ones were too high, then they were too low, this was happening, that was happening, he had no energy, he, uh, you know, he lost weight, all those sort of things. And over the last um, couple years, they've kind of stabilized it. They've sort of figured out if he takes this medication with that and he does this, he had chemotherapy at one point, uh, but they kind of have a bit of a system and they think mm, it's fairly smooth sailing. And I can recall in the beginning that they said, you have the best type of leukemia to get if you have to get leukemia. And this is the leukemia that uh, it actually won't kill you. Uh, you'll die of something else long before you die of this leukemia. And that, in my ignorance and naivety, was, oh, well, that's good. Hmm. And what they didn't say was the leukemia and the and maybe <laughs> the cure for the leukemia uh, is, uh, is such that your immune system is non-existent and you'll catch the common cold, pneumonia, something else, and you'll die. And it was like, oh, right? So it wasn't like, you know, you and I, stub our toe and the doctor says, well, you stubbed your toe, you got a bruise, but don't worry, you'll die of something else. We're going to be thinking of, you know, <laughs> 30 or 40 or 50 or 60, 70 years down the road of something else, not related, not the fact that you stubbed the toe, you've got a little virus in there now and it's going to spread up your whole leg and it'll compromise your immune system, you'll catch the cold and die. And really the causal factor was you stubbed your toe. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> so... Uh, Obviously, they were happy that he has uh, stabilized. He's not in any discomfort. He's he's uh, gaining a few pounds back now because he did actually lose quite a bit of weight. Uh, but it seems to me that this is a, a story that many of uh, us baby boomers are going to be living uh, over the next uh, 5, 10, 15, 20 odd years because... Uh, and our children are actually going to be start living it as well because, of course, the baby boomers are are turning 65 like uh, at a very very fast rate now, and we're moving into those senior years. And of course, our parents, being 20, 30, or 
or more years older than us are, are even further along. So they're hitting their 80s or 90s. This kind of happens. And there's a lot of... Uh, I think there's a lot of stress that occurs in families because and anxiety because they're dealing with this. I know it wasn't... Uh, uh, you know, uh, it certainly hasn't been a lot of fun for my mom uh, going through it. Um, actually, I have to... I want to tell just a, a quick little story. He would go in and get blood transfusions. Uh, so he'd have to go into the hospital and, you know, every two or three weeks he'd have this blood transfusion for about a year and a half. And, you know, my dad, he's like 80 some odd years old, doesn't really care what you think. And uh, he would joke around <laughs> with, I mean, who, I, I'm going to die tomorrow. I don't really care what you think about me. Uh, it's a different way of looking at things. And it's, But he would joke around with the nurses, right? So... Then they put him on this other medication and he was like absolutely fine for about a year. And then it um, it stopped being very effective. So he had to go back for a blood transfusion. So when he went in, of course, the nurses all remembered him. And they thought the reason he had stopped coming in for the transfusions was because he died. And, mm. you know, so it was like, because who tells them, you know, this guy comes in, he comes in, he comes in, he doesn't come in. Well, I guess the obvious reason why he's not in is he's gone, right? So I was thinking from the nursing profession too is, you know, they get attached to the people that come in and they see on an ongoing basis, particularly if they're likable and their characters, and uh, and they develop all of this stress as well. And, you know, there are other way worse diseases people can get, like cancer would be one, I would think. Diabetes would probably be another one where you could, particularly cancer, where you could be in a lot of pain and discomfort and, and all the rest of it. And uh, I know that uh, you, I, don't, I doubt very much that you would ever say, well, you know, tap on your, on your cancer, you'll cure yourself of cancer. But the fact of the matter is, is that there's a lot of anxiety that, that people go through as they realize that, you know, they don't have this infinite amount of time to live, right? We're coming kind of to the end. And what happens when I die? What happens, you know, how do I deal with the pain or the discomfort or uh, the emotions of my family or things that maybe are, um, you know, when I was eight, my dad did this and, and I've resented it every, you know, <laughs> all my life and now, I'm, I can't keep it stuffed down anymore or, I, or yes. you know, resolved. Or, I mean, there's all these things that happen that are, are definitely of a more emotional uh, nature than of an illness nature that I think leave things undone, unsaid, uh, if we don't deal with them. Yeah, I think uh, as far as EFT goes, you're absolutely right, Scott. I mean, uh, we never advocate uh, as EFT practitioners that EFT will cure anything. Uh, and we certainly wouldn't advocate that uh, it will cure cancer. What EFT can offer, though, is relief. So it can offer relief of the physical symptoms that are showing up. So the way that I've worked uh, with clients in the past and currently is we can tap um, around the physical response of the body to chemotherapy or radiotherapy, uh, what that means. So things like uh, the nausea, and the absolute exhaustion, uh, the physical pains, uh, any um, 
any rashes that might come up as a result of the treatments, uh, to name a few. I'm sure there are many others as well. Uh, so definitely, naturally, as we would tap on any physical symptom, we could use EFT for that. Um, and also uh, body image as well, the anxieties that are, arise around body image. So if somebody has had chemo or radiotherapy and has lost their hair, uh, we, we could certainly address uh, e uh, that with EFT um, or anything else like the, the uh, amount of weight that's lost uh, or uh, any, any features of the body that change as a result of either the illness or the, the treatment. Uh, so, for example, uh, some of my clients are on steroids, um, and that affects their physical uh, shape. So they, they gain weight, and they have a really puffy, uh, puffy appearance, uh, puffiness around their eyes, uh, quite chubby cheeks and things like that. So, again, all, all, all the ramifications of what that means to the person uh, can be addressed with EFT uh, so that there's an even stronger sense of, of kindness and, and self-acceptance and compassion there. So, certainly, uh, we can address uh, the physical symptoms showing up and um, the the, the pain and also, of course, the body uh, image anxieties that arise. Also, for somebody who's undergoing treatment, they can certainly use EFT for that. So, uh, for example, to, to tap in that they want their body to be robust and strong and they have strong veins, for example, uh, or a strong immune system. Uh, so in that area... And then, of course, there's the emotional and mental and spiritual side of it, too. Uh, and what I've noticed in the past uh, is that s some uh, people are very angry. So that, of course, yes, they're fearful, and we'll move on to that shortly, but uh, they may be very angry. And they may be angry for different reasons. Um, and I think, as with anything in it with EFT, when it seems as though we have a mountain to climb, and there's a, a lot of, of emotions and some of them are conflicting and it seems very overwhelming, uh, we tap very generally. So we creep up on the problem. And uh, just to acknowledge the anger that the person feels is really good. They don't have to be specific as to why, but just start off by, I've just, I, even though I feel so very angry at the moment, I accept myself anyway. And just having a voice to express their anger dis despite everything that's going on is very empowering. And then if they want to get specific, they can then tap on, why exactly they're feeling angry. Uh, so for some people that I've worked with, they feel like they may, have, they may be angry towards the medical profession. Perhaps they were misdiagnosed initially, uh, or perhaps they, they haven't received the support that they'd hoped for, uh, or perhaps they did receive support, but then the support stopped. Um, or, or perhaps they're angry towards family members that, that they feel unsupported by. Uh, they, they would have hoped for more from their family members, but uh, really what's going on is the family members are so frightened that they don't really know how to support the person. So there could be a lot of anger there. They could be angry uh, that they've lost faith. They've lost faith in themselves and their body's ability to, uh, to be strong. Uh, they've lost faith in 
um, their, their religion or their spirituality. They've lost faith in medicine and so forth. So there's lots of specifics to address there and simply say it as it is. So even though I'm angry because... I accept myself anyway, and then go, tap through the points and vent it. Just imagine that you are talking to a friend and expressing how you feel about being this angry. So really don't worry about the words and creating specific phrases. Just talk as you tap, moving from point to point, and just get it out. Allow your voice to be heard, even if the only person hearing it is you because you're the person on your own in the room. So that's the anger part of it. And then, of course, there are the fears, uh, all the what ifs and uh, what might be to come. Um, and this, can, again, can be particularly overwhelming. So once again, start uh, globally, even though I have all these fears, I accept myself anyway. So creep up on it very, very gently and steadily. And please use a lot of phrases around showing yourself kindness, showing yourself compassion, acknowledging the courage it's taking to, to verbalize this. Uh, acknowledge how brave you are being to talk about this, even as I say, if it's only you tapping on yourself and there's nobody listening. So... Um, I've observed when I've worked with clients uh, who are dying uh, or have been diagnosed with a terminal illness um, that the fears um, are often what create the most uh, emotional response. Um, so I really can't urge you enough to ask for assistance to tap with this. I, I don't know... Uh, how effective it would be to tap around this on your own. I think you really do need support and guidance and, and someone to facilitate what you're going through. Um, but so for some people, the fears can be that there isn't enough time or uh, the fears can be uh, about what they're leaving behind, family members that they're leaving behind uh, or um, the, the possibility of pain oncoming pain uh, so they may not be in pain currently but they may be in pain uh, so there's fears around that too uh, uh, all, all the what ifs how, how will my family look after themselves uh, what what how will um, how will I cope further down the line if the pain increases um, and and so forth so again all of this can be addressed with EFT uh, just gently and steadily working in a very global way and then getting more specific which, with each uh, exact fear that's going on. And I always encourage you to uh, use a pen and paper and write down what you're afraid of, for example, or previously what you're angry about, uh, and then you'll have some notes to fall back on. Well, that, Annabelle, I just have to jump in because as you were talking, you reminded me of my grandmother who lived to 102. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and as, as you can imagine, being a grandson, uh, all I ever saw of my grandmother was uh, love, right? Like, she was always so happy to see me when I came, she lived in a different city, when I came to visit, and I'll oh, come back soon, and you know, all that sort of stuff. And the last... And, and so I didn't, uh, I wasn't witness to it, but the last uh, few years of her life, she was incredibly mean and angry towards her daughter-in-law, my aunt. Uh, 
and uh, and I couldn't understand it because in my mind you're 102 years old, like I thought she had it all figured out, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> she's wise, she's content, she's at peace, and here is this incredibly angry woman, and so it really kind of changed my whole opinion of what it's like to be old, right? And 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 as I'm listening to him, I'm thinking, you know, it would because obviously my aunt was looked after my uncle so well. I mean, they loved each other. They still love each other. I mean, they're, uh, you know, she had two beautiful kids that, you know, that were around. They did, they bent over backwards for my grandma. I mean, whatever was going on, the anger was a merely a symptom of, like you were talking about her fear or mm. something else because my aunt was totally innocent i mean she wasn't mean or anything like that as you know certainly not to me and certainly not uh, as far as anybody else in the family was concerned either right so this isn't one you know she was always cruel to me so now i'm really mad at her or anything like that it just kind of came out of nowhere and and our issues that really had in my opinion very little to do with my aunt everything to do with my grandma so i guess that would be maybe the best way of putting it so and I was just thinking, you know, it would have been so good for her to just, you know, to have tapped on some of these things and just kind of let that charge go. And uh, so I think what yes. you're talking about is really important. I, and I think what you've just raised is very important, too, because uh, anger is a curious one. Uh, most usually it is uh, what comes up um, as a result of fear. Uh, so it's fear-driven. So I'm absolutely sure she was, in, on the whole, a very content woman. But, of course, she was going to have some fears. And uh, the way that uh, it was expressed was f through anger. Mm. So I think it's, it's, it's quite important to think about that for a moment. Because often, if we become angry, uh, if we take pause and break down why we are angry, it's most usually fear-based. And, and so let me give some examples. So uh, someone's angry because they feel threatened in some way, uh, like somebody's made them feel small or somebody hasn't heard them. So it could be a business meeting or a gathering of some kind where there's some kind of communication going on and the person was felt they weren't heard. Um, and that can that can of course underlying that is fear. So it comes out in in anger, like nobody ever hears me, nobody sees me, or they they uh, I can't believe that person responded in that way. How dare they? Uh, and so most usually when people are angry, it's coming from a place of not being seen, not being heard, and therefore feeling threatened and vulnerable and, of course, very afraid uh, if we take it down. So it's absolutely natural that if somebody is coming to the end of their life, they're going to be very afraid. And quite usually it's the symptom that shows up is anger. Um, of course, uh, underlying uh, another cause of the anger can be regrets, like if only I'd had time to, or if only I'd been able to resolve 
whatever, if only I'd been able to speak to that person and tell them whatever it was. Uh, so I notice that a lot uh, when my clients dialogue with me, that, that there are regrets that are going on. And this is a beautiful thing to work on with EFT because we can totally turn that around, right. uh, that, that the person was doing the best that they could at the time with the skills they had, with what they were willing to know under the circumstances, and also balance it with what they have accomplished as well. And that sounds very trite with me just reading it off like that, Scott. But obviously, as we're tapping and working through it, it's very easy to peel away the layers and enable the person to see from a different perspective, um, uh, which is very, very easy to accomplish with EFT. Um, so regrets are going to come up and also failures. Like I never got the chance to do such and such, uh, but I did do that and it didn't work out. Or I was only ever good enough to such and such. I, I never did become the writer I'd hoped to, to be. Um, I just stayed in that boring nine to five job um, and I wasn't able to accomplish X, Y, and Z. Uh, so failures will come up too. Uh, and perhaps um, considerations of loved ones and, and their unmet potential. Like perhaps uh, a mother uh, considering her children and what they have or haven't done and wishing it was, uh, it, it was different. Uh, so again, th those are kind of the kinds of things that can be addressed with EFT at, at this very um, uh, vulnerable time uh, so that the person can see the other perspective. Uh, that there, there were things that hadn't worked out and then there were things that worked out really brilliantly as well. One thing I noticed as well, Scott, is um, with some clients, the, the, uh, the disbelief that uh, this is happening to them. Um, so in two, with two of the clients um, that I, I'm working with at the moment, they had a diagnosis of cancer um, and they had treatment and uh, whatever time that was for each of them, and it was resolved. They overcame the illness, uh, started off with their lives again, and it returned. Oh. So, and I, I know that they're not alone, um, and many people have experienced, if not themselves, then a family member or a loved one, so uh, there can be a lot of disbelief. And of course, then as well, there can be anger there too. But with the disbelief of I can't believe I'm going through this again, or maybe I don't want to believe it. So uh, perhaps for some people, there's resistance. Uh, I'm going to um, dis dissociate myself from this because it's too painful. I've already been through this before. Or even they may not have been through it. It could have been the first time. I don't want to even think about this. And uh, so I've also worked with clients who are the caregivers of people who have a terminal illness. And uh, that is deeply distressing for them because they, they see from an objective perspective what's going on. But the person experiencing it will, will not, uh, will not I don't want to say buy into it, but spend time thinking about it. They want to remove themselves and disconnect from it, which, of course, is completely understandable as well. 
So almost soldiering on as if nothing's wrong, not wanting to think about it, definitely not wanting to talk about it. Uh, so there can be the disbelief there. But if, if somebody is willing to acknowledge the disbelief that it's happening or it's happening again, uh, then treating that with EFT, with gentleness and kindness, uh, will certainly shift that perspective. Wow. There's a so, lot to this, isn't there? Yes, there is. I mean, goodness, I've only listed about six, uh, six different things. Um, but I mean, there's many, many layers because, of course, everybody's unique and what, what comes up for them is, uh, is specific to them. But I mean, the beauty of EFT is we can work on what's coming up for the person now. So regrets, failures, fears, disbelief, anger, as well as the physical symptoms and the side effects. But also, of course, we can take the time to go back and heal the old wounds, which you alluded to at the beginning. Um, because very often the person is in that reflective place where they want to bring some healing uh, to an event that may have happened. They want to feel differently when they reflect back on a time in their life. Uh, they want to even perhaps forgive themselves for choices that they made or didn't make. Um, and so, of course, we can go back and work on past events with EFT and definitely with matrix re-imprinting uh, and heal those times as well. So the person has a, a, a peace around what happened. Um, and particularly with the matrix re-imprinting, if they've rewritten the scene from the Echo's perspective, uh, then there is a, is a great healing that goes on because every time they reflect back on that event, they're seeing it, they're literally seeing it very differently as well as feeling very different about it. So we can certainly use EFT for past events. Um, so I, I think the, this discussion that we're having is, as, is of enormous value because there could often be the tendency for people to think, uh, well, how can EFT help me through this, sort of uh, this with a capital T? Um, and yet there are so many ways that we can address what's going on with EFT. It sounds also, Annabelle, and correct me if I'm wrong, like I have this picture of, okay, here's an individual who's ill. Now, they may be um, in a situation where they're like my dad and they're 80-some-odd years old. They've got this illness. or They could be maybe 90 years old and they're just kind of at the end of their life. Or it could be someone who, you know, heaven forbid, is in their 20s and have cancer or in their 20s and, uh, you know, have some other disease that's going to cause their life to end very, very prematurely. And this is all... A lot of what you're talking about, I see this is how to help those people deal with whatever is going on for them right now. Mm -hmm. And and then I also see like <laughs> so I get this mind picture of, you know, a bed and somebody in the bed and then around the bed are their friends and family. And it seems to me that EFT could do a lot to help those people as well deal with um, everything that's going on. Absolutely. And uh, that, that's why I say that uh, I, I often in the past have worked with people who are caring for uh, someone with a terminal illness because they need or not even a terminal illness. It could be a chronic illness. 
Um, and because those people need as much support themselves, often they have put themselves in a place where their needs will naturally be second because they're looking after their loved one. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet they are going, they are living it every day. They are feeling that person's pain and their own. Uh, they are observing it and all sorts of things are coming up for them. There's going to be triggers for them every day and they definitely need the support that the the other person is getting. Um, so absolutely, you're spot on that they definitely need to work through what's going on for them uh, because often I've heard, uh, I think it's quite a common comment that, oh, this isn't about me. It's about my husband, for example. He is the one who's very ill. He's the one who's dying. My needs don't matter. But in order to support her husband, uh, she's, got, she's got to be on tip-top form. But that takes quite a lot to be on tip-top form. So if somebody is physically caregiving for 24 hours a day and then mentally and emotionally caregiving as well, plus going through whatever she's going through, that takes an enormous strain. So with EFT, we're easing the burden. We're tapping through what's going on for that person in the moment. We're healing the past. Um, And so then that person's in an even better place to support their loved one. Hmm. So, yeah, so what you're really saying is, is people are going through a difficult time. We, we recognize that, we acknowledge that, but there's a difference between going through a difficult time and being really devastated and maybe ineffectual and everything else and going through that time uh, being loving and um, expressive and healing and using it as a, as a time of healing as opposed to uh, something that causes even more uh, issues and problems down the road. Yes, I mean, without doubt, it's a very stressful time for all concerned. So let's ease the stress, ease the burden or the sense of responsibility um, and uh, work with a very gentle technique, which is EFT and matrix re-imprinting, to to be able to respond rather than react. Hmm. That's a good way of putting it. So we're going to give everybody listening a chance to respond instead of reacting right now because uh, once again our our time is nearing a close and I'm actually again really surprised at how quickly the the past half hour has gone by. So Annabelle, if somebody wanted to talk to you more about uh, what EFT can do maybe for a family member or for themselves when it comes to uh, difficult situations like this, what should they do? Yes, please visit my website, www.theefthealingcenter.com. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining us, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.